This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength formulations to support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Episode number 235 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another week on the show. Big show coming at you. Sydney 10 results to go through. Some action over in America to talk about with with some Australians in action over there. Listener question. New Balance uh, 860 version 12 review coming a bit later on as well. Training talk. Thanks to Lululemon. It's all happening in this show. Moose on the loose. And then uh, a few bits of general business to talk about at the very end of the show. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra. Nearly broke the internet yesterday with his big result at the Sydney 10. And in the left corner this week, Bradley Croker, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Brady. So, yeah, it was good to good to get it over and done with, actually. Like, last week was pretty tough in terms of I get real – like, some races I just get real anxious for, and it, it really affects my sleep, you know, like, even days out. So, um it was good to get it done and get back home, but yeah, I was happy with how like I was happy with how it went. So you're back home now. You're doing. in Canberra. Yeah, so yep. I drove home pretty much straight after the race. I got home about lunchtime yesterday. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into all the details shortly. And uh, my other co-host in the right hand corner this week, Julian Spence. Welcome to this oh, week's show. He's been coming up with this all week, hasn't he? Yeah. I just wanted to get the, the elephant in the room. Just get it out early. Have you two guys kissed and made up? We're back friends, or what? A bit of heat in last week's episode. A few DMs oh, about last week's episode. We're all right. Just you know, sometimes I think Moose needs to be called out. That's all. Can't let him have. Can't let him have his own way all the time. Called him Which, out, all right? Called him out. I mean, geez, it's almost like you've never told Brady that he's doing something. <laughs> the old wise man title's gone from you too, Moose. I think after his performance yesterday, he called it last week on the show that maybe he's the new wise man with this training philosophy, and then maybe he delivered. I wonder what time he would have had to run to to take that take that title. Well, I mean, anything. Un- I mean, let's age grade it and let's see how we went for the race. <laughs> I think yeah, Lisa Waitman's just, got. <laughs> we just spoke. We just spoke about that. That guys over forty can't use that as an excuse anymore in the uh, current generation. Mate, it's a speedway there, based on the times. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh, why don't you tell us about your race, Bradley? Yeah. Well, tell us about the week lead into it, Brad. Oh yeah. Um, pulled yeah, up, right. pulled up tired Monday after smacking a long run Sunday. Uh, Monday out four elevens, not all right actually. Um, and then treadmill Tuesday morning, headed out to the track that afternoon for a session. So did five by eight hundred off a four minute cycle, and four by four hundred off a minute rest. And um, yeah, so I ran like two twenty 
223, I think 222, 222, 218, 220 for the 800s. Um, so a bit quicker than, I guess, what I was hoping to run for the 10K. Um, and then the 400s were between like 65 and 67. So like it was a solid session, um, but I felt like because it was a Sunday race that it was far enough out that I could get away with it. But in hindsight, like this is a session that, like probably would have done maybe 10 days out instead of four or five um, because I did actually pull up with like a little bit of doms from the track, um, which I get more doms from the track than I do from short hill reps. Uh, but look, it was a, I was happy with, this, with the way the session went, um, probably a little bit faster than I needed to run, um, but I was basically just jogging the rest of the week. Um, yeah, so Wednesday, another hour, uh, 4.08. Then Thursday, I just did 50 minutes on the treadmill, um, 4.39s. Friday, headed out to Mulligans for 45 minutes, 4.07s. And then Saturday, just 35 minutes on the treadmill um, and a few sort of strides on there because it's like a real shitty day here Saturday, like pissing down rain, windy. I'm like, oh, I'm only doing 30, 35 minutes, so I'll just jump on the treadmill. So that was, yeah, 4.48s on the treadmill. A um, few strides, then drove to Sydney, uh, stayed yeah, at a dodgy little uh, budget hotel on Liverpool Road, about sort of a five-minute drive from um, from Homebush. And then, yeah, the race. So I guess leading up to the race, like I – and I don't think we've really spoken about this much in like however many episodes, but like anxiety before races. Um, like I've always been somebody that does get quite nervous, uh, sometimes like – days in advance so like last week i had really shit sleeps on monday and tuesday night and then i slept okay wednesday because i was just so tired um, from not sleeping for two nights and then i find with this whole insomnia thing and like once it happens once or twice you then start to like panic when you go to bed that it's going to happen again so i got to like when was it friday night and I'm, i said to viv look i'm just going to take a um like sleeping tablet just so i make sure i get a good night's sleep like two nights before the race so i took like tamazepam on friday night knocked me out woke up saturday morning felt okay a little bit a little bit groggy um and then yeah and then on saturday night i felt tired i, I did fall asleep and then because it was like really busy road where i was staying like i woke up again at like 10 o'clock and i couldn't fall back to sleep so i actually took another sleeping tablet um around 10 o'clock which I was arming and arming whether to do it because I knew that if I took a sleeping tablet at 10 o'clock and I'm getting up at 5 o'clock, like it's probably still going to be like well and truly in my system. So How much did you take? Did you take a just, full tablet? Yeah, full tablet of tamazepam. Um, That's a so then, Yeah, it is. So like alarm went off at 5 o'clock and I woke up and I was like drowsy. Um, and so then you do the opposite. Then you start taking the caffeine and the caffeine tablets to then try and get yourself up. So, like, one one thing, though, is, like, once I get to the race, like, once I drive there and get out of the car, like, I'm not really that nervous. It's more just in the, the days leading up. Um, yeah, which I don't know what it is. Like, I reckon it's probably a combination of things. And, like, one is that I don't race that often, and maybe this is one reason why I don't race that often because I hate this feeling that I have in the lead-up. But I also – I don't want to sound, this, to sound, like, come across, like, wanky, but – like I sort of pride myself on like being really consistent when I race and like not having bad races. And so when I go into it, I just like, I just have really high expectations for what I want to 
achieve. Um, I think another reason as well is like you just sort of want the race to be over and you just hope that the result is a true reflection of sort of what shape you're in. And and the last reason probably that is is tomorrow's race or this weekend's race going to be the day where when it starts to hurt, I just pussy out and just, you know, basically jog it in, which I feel like for me, if I do that once, that's going to become a habit and, I, and I'm pretty much done because I don't feel like I've ever done that. And I, I sort of respect people that go out there and will have like three shit races but don't care about it and then come out and blast one. I just, I, I'm just not that type of person. So anyway, that was my, that was my week leading in. So then warmed up with, um, with Archie and Nath and felt pretty good warming up. Uh, strides felt awesome. And that's, that's one thing I love about nerves before a race is like, you feel so like those those nerves give you that little bit of extra pop when you're sort of doing strides and um yeah, in terms of the race gun went and the front pack just took off like within within 300 meters like there was the top six and it was like all right well they're going to be the top six for the day and then i just sat in the i guess the second pack which i thought there'd be a lot of guys around that 30 minutes to 30 30 and I just had the stopwatch on, um, looked down at about a K and was sort of around three minutes, maybe just a touch under. Uh, and then I just tried to relax early, kept sort of looking every sort of kilometre and I was just sitting around three minute Ks. And I really thought to myself that, all right, this is the group that I need to try and beat. Um, got to probably 4K, a few of those guys had dropped off, but then a few of the guys actually started to surge. And, and by this stage, I'm still hovering around minute k's like you know probably gone sorry three minute k's you know probably gone through like 12 1208 something like that through 4k which you know was faster than i'd initially sort of planned like i originally thought look if i can hover around 30 30 to 31 minute pace and then sort of close well i'd be happy with that um but i just so i decided to let them go because you know i I was already running faster than i thought i needed to um, and i thought some of them would actually come back um, and so then by that point, I was pretty much on my own. Uh, I went through 5K in, oh, I don't know, maybe like 15.05, 15, yeah, 15, somewhere between 15.05 and 15.10, I'm sort of guessing. Um, and basically just ran the last 5K on my own. I got to I got to 7K and by that, or seven between 7 and 8K, I'm like, all right, this is the point where the lack of racing has definitely hurt me because now i'm done now i just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other and hopefully just hold it together um the way i would try and compare it is you know when you guys have done like a monofart like you haven't done monofart like for ages or you're just coming back into training you go and do monofart like and you get sort of three quarters of the way through it and the last sort of five minutes there's not a lot of pace change you're just grinding but then you come back in two weeks time and you've got a little bit more to give in that last five minutes. Mm. So, yeah, so for me, that last 2K was more about just holding on. And I just kept telling myself that, all right, this is where sort of the, like being older, you don't actually fade as much as some of the younger guys do. And I actually did help hold it together pretty well. Like I think my slowest K in the whole race was like 3.06. Um, And thankfully I was actually on my own. So I could, sort of just focus on my own rhythm. Whereas if other people were around, um, I may have sort of cooked it between sort of 8K and 9K. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so I'd say, I'd say I ran a good 7 to 8K, but just didn't have that race conditioning to sort of be able to really bring it home over the last 2K. But I think 
having done the race, that will sort of bring me up hopefully. And if I was to go back in three weeks' time, I'd have a little bit more over that last two to three K. 30-26, 12th position. Who said that? Yeah, 30, yep. Yeah, so I was, I was happy with it. Pretty deep field to come 12th in, nearly get top <clears> 10. Yeah, so fair few, well, there's a lot of interstaters compared to probably a lot of other years. Um, so if you look at, like, I guess, how many New South Wales runners were, I was probably like six or something like that. Um, but, look, I'm happy f- I'm happy the way that my fitness is built. So, like, you know what, I had my calf in December, January, then COVID, and so I started back sessions early Feb, and it was probably about that point that I said, look, I'm going to use this, you know, con- comfortably hard sort of training as a bit of an experiment and then just see how it goes at Sydney 10. And like, I'm happy with how the race went off the type of training that I've been doing. Um, if I had to do anything differently, if I wanted to race faster at Sydney 10, I, I just needed to do something harder in the couple of weeks beforehand. But uh, yeah, like I'll, I'll keep training the way that I have been because it seems to be working pretty well. That's the thing though, isn't it? That training is more base preparation type training and then once they get closer to events that's when they start to do the the, the really tough stuff yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah which is what you miss so yeah like if you put sydney 10 maybe another two months away from now which there probably is a race like that mm. maybe gold coast 10 or something well, then, um, yeah one of those you could um you could switch the training across now and and they, that's the that's a good way to test it. Yeah. I don't think well, he needs to. I'd keep doing this because you're covering well, the ground well and you're not getting injured and you're enjoying yeah. your running and stuff. It's more sustainable. It's more sustainable this to do this. Yeah. Oh, um, and, and look, if do I this year round, even if I ran shit on the weekend, I would have still come on tonight and said, you know what, I'm still going to train the way that I have been because, as you said, it, like it is sustainable yeah. and it's also it's also enjoyable. Um, I think to to run well off this type of training, you need to race regularly though. Like, or at least do one really hard effort once once every three to four weeks, um, which, you know, we spoke about a few weeks ago. It was like sort of that Crichton mentality of you train comfortably hard and let the races bring you up. So mm. after having done Sydney, that will hopefully like stimulate like a bit of an improvement in my overall fitness. And so maybe my training level will just go up a little bit for the same effort and then in three weeks' time, I find, you know, another race or I do a hard time trial, and then that brings you up. But the, tra- but the training remains comfortably hard. Yeah, as long so, as you don't chase that, like, thing that's going to bring you up. Like, say you've been doing all your threshold work at, like, 3.20. You yeah. don't want to do this race now and then go, okay, I've got to do it all at 3.15 because I've had a race. Yeah, like, You can exactly. just keep it at 3.20. Like, the thing I loved about it was, like, I have not run – like, I haven't run a, two, a 2K rep at three-minute Ks, you know, like – and I was able to string together almost 10 of them. And so it shows that you don't necessarily need to be doing, you know, super quick stuff to run well. That being said, like the lack of the lack of hard efforts was definitely showing in the last 2K because I just didn't have that pop because, of, you know, I just haven't done that sustained hard running. Yeah. yeah and that's, that will come though. Like that's um, – I, I think you need to, to change it at some point. Like Brady said, keep going like this, but mm. you, you won't – like, like you said, you miss that VO2 stuff. You know, but that's... he's getting that from his 400 meter reps on the track. Like you just said, well, not yeah. really. Like he's not doing them. But they're not long enough to get that. Mm, I, suppose. I, don't I think. spoke. I spoke to Christian a few weeks ago, and I was almost going to do this. So I, he mentioned that one of the Ingebrigtsen sort of tapering sessions is five by a K, 
with two minutes recovery between each. And what they do is they start the first rep at sort of 10K pace, and then they work down to the last K being at uh, 3K pace. And then they give themselves decent, like, you know, five minutes recovery. And then they'll do like four to five 300s off one minute recovery. Like, I reckon that would be a pretty solid session to bring you up like 10 days out from a race. Hmm. So that's something else I might look at, um, you know, going into another race. Is there a um, Canberra cross-country series that you can do? Yeah, they yeah they do. It's it's not like they used to have a club system here, but it, it's pretty weak. Um, Brad's too like big they, time for that, Moose. Go to Launceston 10. I'm going mate, down. Mona we'll go down. To, Steve Monaghetti used to do the Ballarat local Brack races, and yeah. he used to do that while he was an absolute superstar, best in the world. Yeah, that's, but that's a good thing about park runs now. Like I used to use them as my hard efforts if you know I didn't have any major races coming up. Yeah, no, but you just said like you like Crichton's the same racing every week or so to get that hard effort outside of training. I think it's I think yeah. it's a great idea. And it and, might be it might be good for my this anxiety stuff as well because the problem is when you don't race that often, it probably you build it up yeah. a bit more. Whereas yeah. if you're racing regularly. Yeah, you might you might have a few more shit ones because you're racing more regularly and, and you and you're maybe not quite as stimulated like mentally or emotionally about it. Um, but yeah, I know that there's a half marathon here in three weeks around the lake, um, which I did in 2017. So like I might go and do that as like a solid effort, um, especially if I look to pace Gold Coast again, which like I haven't locked anything in there, but um, I wouldn't mind doing that again maybe. I reckon Launceston 10, June 12th, Croaks. We just looked it up, 2022. Are you going down? Yep. Do you want to, we should see if we can go down together. Remember last yep. time, man, you went to Tassie? Yeah. Come yep. on with the chocolates. That'd be I good. Had, um, I had mentioned it to Viv. So it's a long long weekend that weekend. Yeah. So it's birthday. Could, it could work pretty well. Are you going to bring the family? No, no. I think they, I think Viv's going to visit like her uncle or something. So it Boy, could, it could be an option. Um, She's nearly back. You'll be right running by then. Three-way head-to-head-to-head. Here we go. Oh. I'm a bit scared. Wait, what's, now, when Bruce. is it? June 12th. You got me covered. So one, thing, one thing I am excited about, though, is I, I feel like that longer sort of half-marathon, marathon fitness is stuck. Like, I think to run 30, like 26 off the type of training that I'm doing, like, I feel like the strength is coming back. So, like, maybe I'll look at doing some of the longer stuff down the track again, but we'll, we'll just see. Well, it's interesting you say that, Bradley, because I started looking at some um, records today to plan your next possible race. And just remind me, are you 41 or 42? Uh, so I'm 42 in August. Do you know what the Australian 42-year-old Australian marathon record is? <laughs> no. It's it's gettable. 2.21.19 from past guest Rowan Walker oh, at yeah. the Gold Coast in 2012. Now, as a 41-year-old, you've got to run 2.19.00. As a 43-year-old, you've got to run 2.19.56. Uh, so Ooh. this one's actually the easier one in the middle there. So oh, you that'll, be 40, that'll be 42, yeah? You've got to be 42. Yeah. 2.21.19. So late, so it's got to be after August. After August, so Melbourne. Tough, Maybe. hilly course at the end there. But I reckon we get our man Christian to get us into Valencia. We go yeah. over there, boys trip, Spain. Could be an option. Put 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 that idea away, you know what I mean? Like the last time mm. you tried to go there, you got injured, you got, <laughs> you got those ghosts in the cupboard. Let's get rid of that and let's go back in December. December yeah. marathons are good. You can relax over Christmas, those kind of things. 
Yeah, 221.19. You could smoke that off off 30.26. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Anyway, it was... Um, he looked yeah. good, Moose. You see that photo of him? Yeah, Jeez, He looks no, good for 41, he, doesn't I, he? You know how I know he looked good? It's because he put it up and he filtered it and, gee... I, no, no, that's how it came. I just, I just shared... It was um, somebody else's story, so I just shared it. Mm. But uh, it's easy to look good when you're doing strides. <laughs> yeah, I was one of yeah, because right. see everyone yeah. in the background's going up and down the road. <laughs> no, I didn't look close enough. I'm working Sorry. on I'm working on looking that good for 10k, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> do we want to because we're on uh, Brad's week? Do you want to stay here and talk about the event? Yeah. Do you want to do that? So um, we'll go we'll go to the women's race first because this was a standout performance in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Lisa Waitman got the win at 3120. Um, it was a 30 second road PB. She just missed the Australian road 10k record that Benita Willis has uh, by three seconds. Um, so yeah, second fastest Australian over the 10k road of all time, fastest Australian ever on the road for 10k on Australian soil, I believe, and is the only people to go quicker than are on the track because I think 10k road, 10k track are pretty similar. I think most people, when you look at their 10k road, 10k tracks, they're I don't know, maybe they're not. I just know because mine's pretty similar. Benita, mine is. Yeah, mine's real similar. Benita, Lisa, Ondieki, Aloise, and Ali are only the four people that have ran quicker than that on the track. Um, Leanne Pompiani was second in 31.43. That was also a 71-second uh, PB off her track PB. And Jessica Noble was third in 33.31. So some big results there up front, boys. Comments, what did you see, Brad? Did you see him on the out and back when you're doing the U-turns? No, I was like so... In the zone, I didn't see anyone. Anyone, yeah. So no, I didn't see any of the race at all from the women's point of view. This is a phenomenal result, thirty-one twenty. This is, oh yeah, this is very very fast. Lisa's well, yeah, not young. You just, you just, I mean, look at what, look at the girls who've been. The the probably the most relevant reference at the moment is, look at the girls who haven't achieved the qualifying time that have been chasing it. Mm. Uh, Rose Davies. Izzy Bat Doyle, well, they're our top two at the moment, you'd have to say, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, definitely. Well, we haven't, I mean, Jess Hull hasn't had a crack at the 10K yet, really, so we haven't, we don't get her a chance. Eloise Wellings was second at Zatapec. Yeah, it was a warm night, but they they haven't really come close. Um, and so this is just outstanding. When we always get excited about Zatapak when they go to attack it at Zatapak and they kind of maybe go out at that pace but drop off a bit later on and kind of run close to 32, this is, yeah, significantly quicker than that 32 kind of mark that they're finishing off in. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's like if you told me 1st of January that Lisa is going to be ahead of those names you just mentioned, Moose, at, you know, the start of May over 10K, because I thought, you know, she's definitely um, – I've got a – be pegged as like a half marathon marathoner, not a 10K. If she can do this on the track, she goes to the World Champs, Com Games. She's inside well, that 31.25. Our best marathoners have always been good 10K runners as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I don't think that's massively different. It's just this time. I mean, it's remember when Sinead and Ali ran 32 – it was close to 32 at flat at Launceston, and that was incredible at the time. It was like – maybe top 10 all time and and everyone was going how is this possible these girls are running so fast and then this is 40 seconds quicker uh this like like so it is a standout performance and especially like around like no one's even come close to running that fast for a long time 
Where'd Benita do hers on the road? I don't know the answer to that. I was wondering that. I'll see if I can look it up. Any other comments? What does it mean for um, potential... Gleason hasn't got the world champs time for the marathon, but she could potentially go for discretion for the Commonwealth Games. Got to help her with the selectors, doesn't it? Putting a time like this down. I know it's it's, ten- a, it's a tricky question. It's it's tough to get into that because we we don't know who's like you you listed off a few names the other night about who was sort of looking to nominate or whatever. Um, we don't know the answers to that. So I mean, it can't hurt when you run that fast on the road. It can't hurt at all. Uh, yeah, you've got to like it. I just love, like, because, you know, we haven't seen her since the Olympics. So, like, whatever has changed in her training is, yeah, like, she's fit. Like, I know, like, I felt like I've been going pretty well and, you know, and she's, like, less than a minute behind me. Um, like, if she can convert that sort of fitness into, like, half slash marathon, um, she's got a big one in her, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Look, there. The course isn't certified. We have to mention that. It's a, it, so the, like, this is probably another conversation to have, but there's courses like Longsesson who have, um, who are certified with world athletics. They use the aims, which again, another conversation on top of that is like, it's a bit of a stitch up the whole aims thing. Cause it's quite expensive and not many people can do it. Certify a course. And, um, so this like Sydney 10, isn't certified so uh like it's it's obviously measured by the the race but it isn't um world athletics certified road race so if the the problem with this is if lisa goes and say she had have run an australian record maybe she runs three she was only three seconds off it so i mean it's every chance uh it would have been really disappointing for it to not count i wonder if it can they do it retrospectively Mm, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't. Gee, that'd be hard. This is like this is the one thing that I always have hated about road races. Like it, you know, because if you look at how many road races or fun runs there are in the country, and how many of how many of them are certified, it's not a ver- it's not a very big percentage. I've and got the list up right now, actually. Well, as a percent, like yeah, but as a percentage, it wouldn't be that many, would it? Like the, the ones from state bodies, though, usually would be, wouldn't they? There's actually quite a lot. No, no, the state, bodies, the state bodies don't because I think it's too expensive. Is Albert so, Park 10K? No, it's not. Okay. So for Melbourne, uh, I had a quick look before. I'm just going to list out the, the relevant ra- – there's only a few. So Melbourne, Melbourne half, Melbourne full, Melbourne 10K. Run Melbourne 10, run Melbourne 5. Now, there might be some smaller suburbs, but that's it from Melbourne. Mm. Uh, you've got Perth, though. Perth has heaps. Perth has tons of um, races that are lot like that are that are certified. So to me, this like what I'm looking at. I'm going. There's someone in Perth who does this certifying for a lot cheaper price because uh, it looks like every race there is certified. But then there's some odd ones like Shepherd and Half, Shepherd and Full, certified courses. Yeah, and then they market that as if you want to run an official Boston yeah, qualifier. qualifier. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's why that... they pay for that to then try and get the entries for people that need a legit yeah. measurement of their courses qualified. Yeah, which so I like. So in, in the in in Sydney, you've got a few odd odd ones here and there. That but then you've got the Western Sydney 10k and the Western Sydney 5k. So, like, they're well, not mad. Sydney Harbour 10, is that there? Sydney Harbour 10 is there, correct? Mm. 
But when and, you look at it, when you look at when you look at how many fun runs there are around the country, like every single weekend, there's not many that are certified, which there's always been that grey area of you know people claim even park runs, you know, like park runs are meant to be five k, but some of them aren't. Um, yeah, yeah, but are we get that is, with are that. we calling this a fun run? No, it's Sid, not. Sid, Sid, yeah. 10? But that's the, but the question always comes up when people run fast. It's like, well, if it's not on the track, then potentially there's like a question mark. Which, look, you know, I guess the, at the end of the day, it isn't certified. But like, I, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it would be far out um, because, like, I, I don't know. Like, I thought I was in somewhere around that thirty thirty sort of shape. Like, conditions were conditions were amazing. Um, like, if you look at just a couple of examples, and it's hard. It's hard looking at just particular people, but you know, Tommy DeCano ran 28:35 on the track at Zatopec, ran 28:57 at Sydney 10, um, and then not long after that, Sydney 10 ran 62:13 at Launceston Half, which you know Launceston is certified. And if you're running 62:13, like you should be running 28:57 yeah, at 10. Yeah, Brad, um, the front pack shouldn't be included in this conversation because they're like it's a race up front. So it's different. I think you need to take the back of packers and the mid packers who just race for time every single time. They're not slowing down. They're not surging. That kind of the problem with mid problem with mid packers though. They're the they're the ones that often don't have a lot of training history behind them, and they're you know so they, they run they run PBs big PBs and quite regularly because of how much running they're doing. Like I think in a way you look at especially some of these. Like anyone that goes to Sydney 10 and anybody that goes to Launceston generally like goes there to run fast. And so they are generally fast races. Like I'd, I'd have to bring up Tommy's splits from Sydney 10 last year to see whether it was pretty consistent. Um, so I'd almost say that you're better off looking at the guys that have been out there for a long time and are, like are quite consistent. Yeah, I don't know whether you can pick one out because if we're just going to, if we're going to do that, you can look at, I mean, I don't want to do it to individuals. I'm not going to do it to them. But if yeah. you want to pull out one person who's been running for a long time and give an example of how fast they were in this race, like we can do that. But it's but um, it's not like it's not like the old triathlon. Remember, the, I think there was a world championship triathlon where the last 10k they ran it in like 26 minutes yeah. or something like that. Like it, you know what I mean? It's if it. Like let's say it's 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Like that, that puts that puts Lisa at 31, 30. Five, which is like 15 seconds which is still like amazing flying you know it's what i mean it's still like a good time right it's still yeah. a great time but it ain't 31 20 but, but it's just a shame that it can't be used for record purposes and that's why i think um and i know james like messaged us today that the fact now that sydney 10 is getting such a good reputation of being a fast course like they have to get it certified because you know you'll get somebody that'll come along and run a national record and it, like it needs to be certified mm. yeah it, it i think it does if you're going to market the course to elites i think we need it uh if it's a fun run sure whatever if it's 14k yep whatever doesn't really matter um but yeah i think if i think you're right if we're going to talk about records and you've got the best in the country they're banging it banging it out it'd be nice to know that there's um that i know i had a look today i read the aims like document on how to certify a course oh, i get what i get why no one does what it's about the ones where complicated especially imagine trying to certify a, a marathon course that goes on major roads like you've got to be out there at what 2 a.m like when there's no traffic whatsoever to try and do it it's um yeah, yeah. i i don't yeah there's some pretty crazy like 
rules and calculations. But one thing I saw was that the certified courses, I think it says they're encouraged to have an allowance of um, every kilometre, 0.1. So for every kilometre, they should measure it and mark it at at 1.001. Yeah. Um, so over 10k, it's 10.1. So if you went to a certified road race, like say Launceston, it's most likely 10.1 kilometers. Yeah. Uh, that's is, why which, marathons... is, which is rough, which means that you're running, you know, you're running further than you're further than 10k. <laughs> I'm a sub 2930 guy, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I think look, the take the takeaway is that like Lisa, we haven't seen her since the Olympics, but she's bloody fit. She's coming and, um, bang. Shout out to Leanne Pompiani as well because. She finished second in 31.43, and she's massively on the up. Like, she ran, I think, 70.40 um, for the half in Melbourne and then took a big chunk off a 5K PB at Nationals with like a in the 15.20s. So she's one to watch over the next months and, and years as well. And um, Jess Noble was third in 33, uh, 33.31, which we um, gave her a shout-out. Was it last week? I think it was. The week before. For Patreon. Yeah, yep. Jeez, how good is that? We've got the Patreon supporters getting on the podium. Mm. Um, the, the, the record. The Man. Well, they just got to go the record. That's Benita Johnson, Benita Willis from uh, Manchester. 31 yeah. 17, May 2006. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, the, I, I don't know. You tell me the men's. I don't have it up. Sorry. The men's uh, results, yeah. Well, this was a breakthrough for uh, Kieran Perkins. Often get spoken about on this show, Kieran Perkins. Long time. Do you know li- why, though? Because of his name. But long time listeners will know that when we did that race at Bankstown, remember when we drafted runners and stuff? Yeah, the inside running challenge. Challenge, yeah. yeah. Kieran Perkins was on my team, the winning team. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good bloke. What did he run there? Oh, I reckon he ran about 1420. It's 1425. Oh, I reckon he's a bit quick. I reckon he's a bit quick. 14, that. 15-ish. It's yeah. pretty wet that night. They didn't go super fast. Yeah. Anyway, he's come out and ran 28.57, 42-second personal best there. Kieran Tall, the second Kieran in the race, was uh, 29.16. Liam Bowden from uh, Queensland, Gold Coast Run Co. He was third in 29.21. So he's, he's won pretty convincingly there, boys. 19 mm-hmm. seconds. That's he surged with about two, about two k to go, maybe. He put him away, yeah. Bit um, of a loose unit, apparently. I got got word that he uh, got in a bit of a Barney on his run the other day. He's in the with army, the group isn't he? up in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah a big yeah. unit as well. Big unit, good. Shares the fella. name of a famous swimmer. Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> um, but another uh, another one to watch over the next. Broken year or two. fourteen on the track this year. Come to running pretty late in life, hasn't he? Let's get him on for an interview. He'd be good to talk to. Yeah. yeah he's strong body. Don't know what he's about. Real strong body. In the Alphas too, Moose. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't see much of this. Win and 10Ks in the Alpha Flies. Well, oh, the, oh, the Alphas. Did you? Yep. Jeez. I always thought the Alphas were too clunky for 10Ks, but two guys proved me wrong here. I just felt no. that they would protect me a bit more. They just felt like a, a bit spongier than the next percent too. Next percent. Two, that, they're too no, far in the, the second alpha. next percent. That, that, being, that being said, I, I have pulled up with like a little bit of DOMS, but like good DOMS. So like my glutes are, my glutes are a bit tender. So I, I actually quite like that when my, when uh, I get some DOMS in my glutes because it means that they've actually been, I've been working them. So that's good. Good, good result. We pulled up with two stressies and plantar fasciitis this morning. <laughs> but you're all right. 
I'm okay at the moment. Uh, so good results there. Kieran Tall was the course record holder, wasn't he? But I think they just missed the course record, Kieran Perkins. So um, good good race there. I think five under 29.30. Um, mm. Anything good else to... Your, good run from your man, Nate. Nate Stoke, Stoke. who you warmed up with, 29.30, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going yeah. well, Which, Nate like, Stoke. He is. He's on the. He's on the up. And like you'd say that he's in sort of that twenty nine thirty shape at the moment, yeah. based on what he's been doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. fitter than me when I ran twenty nine thirty four on the track. There you go. Now listen to Brad stepping up for his course. <laughs> um, I reckon a few years ago we had the same conversation, but you were on the other side of the fence talking about Sydney. Imagine, imagine I'm if sure I didn't go. If I'd run like twenty nine thirty five, I'd definitely be saying, you know, it's it's fully legit. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't a PV for me. But look, I'm I'm happy with yeah with where I'm at and what I ran. And the event as a whole, croaks like was a good band back in the running community. Signed some autographs, getting some photos. I see a few listeners sent through photos with you. Yeah, a couple of photos. Um, yeah, it was good. As I said, I'd sort of uh, like just the whole anxiety leading up to it. Like the day itself was good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Running for me now, it's it's, it's difficult going to these events because like when I used to go to a lot of events, it would be you're going there to race your mates, and most of the people that I used to race against aren't really racing anymore. So I either try and like I don't know start up some rivalries with some young kids, um, but it just has a different a different feel to it now. I do feel like a bit of an old man there sometimes. I still wish I had a few kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a big shout out. We did run a bit of a competition on our social media. Three people guessed your time exact, Brad. Bob Matheson, Leah Willis, and Alan Shields. I'm not sure if Shields he counts because he said DNS or if he races, your time exactly, 3026. So he didn't have much Gosh. faith on you adding that in there, but then he did guess the correct time. Mm, well, you can scrap him if he's <laughs> scrapping and predicting it right. <laughs> I'll give it to him. So that's pretty cool. Three people got the exact one. I think at the end of the show last week, I reckon I said thirty twenty-five. So I thought well, you said thirty. Oh no, yeah, you went, you went, you thought there'd be a wind around, so you went like closer to thirty-one minutes. I think I said thirty fifty because the weather's yeah. not going to be good, but thirty yeah. twenty-five is the shape you're in. It was perfect weather. So I'll take that. It must have. It wasn't meant to be perfect. So it must have changed. Yeah, each day got a bit better. That's good. Moose, do you want to tell us about your week? Oh, we're still got to do this. I was about to go on to the next bit of running news, and I'm like, oh, we're still at the start of the show. Well, I didn't. No, oh, do man, you can I, whip through. We'll whip through. I rode. I rode a little bit, and I uh, I got out with Brett for a ride actually. Brett Coleman. So yeah, you know he loves um, he loves getting involved with stuff. He's the president of the Surf Coast Mountain Bike Group or something. Um, I also rode with Watto. So Watto, um, it was down staying in Geelong. He did a workout, so he's getting ready for Great Ocean Road. He did 7K, 5K, 3K, 1K with 1K floats in between. So, yeah, good to, good to have him down in um, Anglesey and getting fit, Watto is. So be, keep an eye out for him, two weeks. Uh, then I went out on... Um, I went out the next day and went for a, like a course record up this big long climb. And oh, if you look at the heart rate data here, I've gone from like 120 to about 180 heart rate within 10, 15 seconds. I could never do that running. I would always have some sort of plateau through that, but yeah, I just I'm not very good at managing my effort. And so that was a really, really hard effort. And then I was cooked for the rest of the ride. 
Uh, yeah, that was. I didn't get it, by the way. I was thinking I was fifth, maybe. Don't you find you recover though, Moose, on the bike? I found. I remember I did this like 160k ride once when I was like not running at the time, and at the start of it there was this really hard hill climb, and like I cooked, I got full lactic to the point that I thought I was going to have to actually get off my bike. But then once you got over the top of the hill, like five minutes later, you know, you sort of feel like you're almost fully recovered again. Yeah, but this was like a hard effort into a false flat. Um, and so that, that I mean, after that, I was okay. Mm. I, I, yeah, I was okay, but it just, I was surprised at how much it did cook me for, for at least five minutes after the top of the hill. And it, yeah, I mean, this is what it must feel like for someone who goes running who just slaps himself early in the run and has to limp home. Uh, I can see why people don't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Got out for a few paddles this week, which was nice. And then um, got out Sunday morning on the bike with the group. So rode out to the start point, then rode the loop with uh, the guys, which was a solid little loop, about 27K through the trails and then up the up the climb actually that i tried to get that record on so it's been good the bike scouting out trails and fire roads making loops seeing which areas are in good nick and, and which areas aren't so i used that more and then set the group up on sundays and yeah well today i ran so today i did a minute on minute off on the treddy at the gym and felt really good so i didn't have any pain during no pain after so, yeah, the, the comeback has begun. Oh, when I saw the eyes emoji in your description, I thought that's good oh, news. That means yeah. that something good's happening. I'm like, I'm like, Here he is. see the eyes? It's like sideways eyes. Mm, I love that, that emoji. That's me going, oh, that's what's happening over there. Is it, is it a, am I okay? Like, can I get excited about this or should I just continue on my way of not getting excited? But I got excited. I mean, I'm. I'm back. I've entered Gold Coast. We're on. You've entered Gold Coast? No, I'm only The kid's 2K? Uh, yeah, I might you around? Got a 10K PB to take back. But do you know what I did today, Brad? Did some good activations before yeah. I ran. Nice. <laughs> Made a difference? Yeah, I didn't do hill reps, but, you know, cool. like did a few banded exercises. Do you, know how, do you know how many people message me to say that it's eccentric loading that gives you doms and you don't get that from running up hills? Oh, fuck get... off. You know <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. So I go lift, I go lift 120K hey, tomorrow hey, in the gym. I'm not doing this again. You don't think I'm going to get doms from lifting 120K in the gym? No, we won't do it again. But that, that were some of the messages that I received. Did you receive a few of those, Brady? We got one to the Instagram account, Moose, so I just tried to send in, like, studies and stuff, like a, a journal. Oh, I just said high, send it through to Moose, and they're like, nah. High profile, too. A high profile um, Very high profile Instagram, Instagram, Instagram influencer. Oh, boy. No, I got a lot of messages. Um, really, really enjoyed a little bit. And you know what? That's what keeps us going. Yep. Hey, and that's authenticity of the show. If you think any of this stuff's scripted, definitely not. It's real it life. That wasn't scripted. Hey, um, scripted. Moose, how's the um, group looking down there? Sunday group. Well, it needs like going into Jails Park this week in Melbourne. Oh, the, like Geelong will be the strongest it's been in years. Oh, I can guarantee. Good. Yeah, I can guarantee you that. I um, I think like it's still getting knocked around with COVID a bit, uh, but I reckon Gold Coast back on probably about what are we eight weeks out from that? Um, so. Starting to see some boys show up for long runs, 
Um, got the girls group. They're doing a bit of breakaway stuff right now. We've got to get them back in the hard in the hard areas of the bush. But I'm, I'm, it was a good group on Sunday. Got going. Saw a few guys come off track season. Haven't really done many long runs. Red faces at the back of the group. It's a good feeling. Like I like to watch it. I like to watch it happen. Yeah. Sundays are where it's made, aren't? They? Like that's where you. That's where a runner is made on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. best running day of the week. Sunday morning. Yeah, most important run of the week. It is. I'll tell you about my week. I started on Monday. Yeah, oh, I rolled my ankle last Sunday. Remember that? I think I told you about it last week. And Monday I went out for a jog. This was Anzac Day, and it just just didn't feel right. Like it wasn't that painful, but I just felt like I was favouring it a bit. Which then I was worried that I could potentially cause something else to um, cause me trouble. You know, when you're kind of favouring something and then something else pops up. So I just cut the run at 7K. I was planning to do like 70 minutes, but um, yeah, I just went home. I just would much prefer to miss one day than a couple of days or turn into a week or month or whatever it could potentially turn into. So I was a bit annoyed with Monday because it was a public holiday and I was planning to do like a 16, 8K double for the day, get like 24Ks in, but instead I only got seven. So that was annoying, but um, just had to cut my losses there. And then I watched uh, Collingwood on the TV against Essendon. That's always good on Anzac Day. Good to see the Pies get a win there. Tuesday, oh, actually, I pumped a few anti-inflames in Monday during the day and iced it, um, and I think that helped because Tuesday I got out for 16K at 4.24 pace um, and could hardly feel it. Like, I was probably jogging for five minutes and fully forgot that I had ankle issues the day before, so having that extra 24 hours helped. Uh, got my perfect 10K loop, fellas, for this fun run that's coming up. I reckon I've got it nailed. Just got to deal with some uh, local council issues because it goes into two different states. I've got to go through two different um, councils to get approvals to use the paths and the roads and things like that. So I need a bit of luck there to get that across the across the line. Looks about ninety meters short by uh, Strava. This is definitely not. Um, this is definitely not <laughs> AM certified. This oh, one. Oh, <laughs> there's a bit of run for a cause about this. Yeah. So if you want to come to a Chukamoama, in uh, it's actually I think it's going to clash with the Albert Park 10K. I was looking at today, which isn't good, but um, it's going to take in all the highlights of a Chukamoama, few river views, few bridge crossings all those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, that was good to, to hopefully get this course nailed. In the afternoon, got out for 8K, 4.30 pace. Wednesday, so I put everything back a day. So instead of my Tuesday workout, I made it Wednesday. Uh, five by five minutes off 90 seconds. About threshold, 3.13 pace I averaged. The longer I went, the better I felt. Um, this is a great workout, this one. I think I got it off you originally, Moose. It's like five reps doesn't feel that much. Like, it's pretty easy mentally but you still cover a good amount of distance. But it's, yeah, I just think for, for 30 minutes of running, um, you know, 9, 9K, 9 a bit K, you work a couple of different, or you work the one system in there, but it just feels, just feels, everything feels comfortable. So what you do? What was your work? Five by five minutes off 90 seconds jog. Oh yeah, threshold. Just, this con- is a- just controlled. Surely, surely you're not going to let Moose claim that as as a Moose session. Yeah, People have been doing five minute reps. I think, uh, he, running again. I think he gave it to me when he was on the program oh. for a while. However, Brad, everyone loves to go and punch a 30 minute threshold, but we know how much more difficult that is than breaking it into intervals. Yeah, mm. that's right. I six by six, six minutes is even better six of a minute six. recovery. You know six what I'm doing tomorrow? Ten eight six four two. I like that. 
two minutes at threshold. I do it at threshold at the end because your heart's pretty. You, you have to get to threshold earlier in that one. You won't. You'll you'll jam at home. Two I'm minutes not. at threshold. <laughs> I, might actually, I might actually punch at home tomorrow. I was thinking because I've got a race on the weekend, so a little confidence booster. So keep an eye on my Strava tomorrow morning. Um, seven k in the afternoon, four thirty twos. Thursday, medium long run, hour forty five at four twenty four pace. Had a bit of rain, so all the trails were washed out. So um, I just had to stick to the hard surfaces, which I don't really like that much, especially for an hour and 45, but that was okay. 30 minutes in the Arvo Thursday. Friday was my recovery day, 70 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon. Uh, the highlight of this run was I got the local legend through the old Port of Echuca. So like overseas listeners, you guys are probably familiar with um, Uluru, the big rock in the middle of Australia, Sydney Harbour Bridge, Sydney Opera House. Port of Echuca is probably third on the list of attractions if you ever come to Australia. So um, local legend of Port of Echuca right here. So you definitely know where to head if you uh, come to Australia for a holiday. And then Saturday, boys, got down to Parkrun. Chukamoama, fifth birthday for Parkrun. Remember when I was talking about starting that all those years ago? We were doing the show then, weren't we? Five years? No, no. Must have been close. Been, Must have been road that- to... Would road to the, um, Berlin. Yeah, yeah, we were in the start of, yeah, road to Berlin. Anyway, turned five. Don't know where those five years are gone. So they invited um, all the people who helped start it up back down there. So I went down there. Hadn't been down there for a while. Um, got down there, jumped in with my mate Kaz. She was uh, pacing the 22-minute group. Did my warm-up then and then um, did some two-minute reps afterwards. Seven by two minutes off 60 seconds jog. Kind of hovering around 258 pace for the average Really couldn't be bothered doing this workout. I was like just tired, not in a great mood, but just had to tick the box and get something done. Um, 7K in the afternoon. And then two hours, 20 minutes solo on Sunday. Listen to music the whole way. Listen to Pusha T's new album, Moose. Listen to that. Yeah, I listen to that. What do you think? It's all right. It's not, this new stuff's not my jam. Okay, I yeah. just want some, I want some old school like gangster rap. I want to hear from blokes who have been in the trenches. You know, in the ghetto, just slinging crack. I want to hear their stories. <laughs> the stuff that you just cannot relate to at all. <laughs> hey, um, Brady, aren't you racing this weekend? Yeah, so I've got to steer. You're in two hours. So you're in two hours twenty, don't you? Um, don't you normally cut cut the long run back week for a race? I do, but only for A races. So yeah. only only cut them back when they're like super important races. And I hope Andy Buchanan's not listening because the Bendigo Bats are in action this week. And I, I'm hopefully they have got the selectors meeting tonight actually. So I'm expecting an email to come through any time to show me what uh, what team I'm in, what leg I'm running, all those kind of things. But I just like I haven't done a long run for I did two hours last week, but I think the week before was that stall um, Easter Monday. So if you race if you race as often as me, you can't cut the long run a week out from a race every time but yeah, I not for these you not, can't not for cross country because i've got another cross country race two weeks after this one this week so it's like otherwise i'll just never do long runs so um and because the race is often saturday sunday it just kind of wipes out that weekend long run so um i'm happy to go this is called more an aggressive taper where i'll just ease things off like thursday friday if that makes sense but yeah i know i get your point brad i could sound um condescending is that the word for it Contradictory. Contradictory. Yeah. Which Hip, I probably didn't articulate. Yeah, I probably didn't articulate last week that in a way like Sydney Ten was not like look, if Sydney Ten was say end of season and it was like I basically out to run a lifetime best, then yeah, it probably would have been a ninety minute long run, but it was basically just to go and see where I'm at off the training I'm doing. So that's yeah. why I still ran two hours. But yeah. to Moose and I's defence, we thought this is your first race you've done in three years. We're like, surely <laughs> this is an A race. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, what's yeah. this guy doing the way, banging on a two-hour long just, run? 
the way you talked about you recapped it just then that was an a that was a race you cared about yeah but no but what we spoke about as well was that I knew that I had not done the type of work that I needed to do for that to be an A race. Like I hadn't done that hard effort. So what was the point of like, what was it? What was the point of being super aggressive with a taper when I know that I'm underdone for the race anyway, from, from the standpoint of, you know, VO two work or that real hard, hard running. So this was more just, you know, I hate to call it a rust bust because you still wanted to go there and run well, but it was to basically get myself race fit because I hadn't done anything like that. So anyway, we'll move on. You could break 30 this season. Maybe. Who would have thought you're going to be in that conversation to break 30 again? This is amazing. Anyway, I ran 162k for the week. Jails Park realised this week. That's all I've got to report. A leader in sports micronutrition, Pillar Performance is changing the way micros are used in running performance and for endurance athletes globally. Pillar has become the choice of Australian sport thanks to their formulation quality and batch testing program. Currently working with Ben St. Lawrence, Izzy Bat-Doyle and Lucy Bartholomew, along with more than 40 professional sporting teams. Made by athletes for athletes, Pillar leaves no stone unturned when it comes to ingredient quality and potency. Offering some of the strongest formulations on the market, Pillar's range supports optimal recovery, elevates energy production, relieves inflammation and boosts immunity. When it comes to recovery, their best-selling triple magnesium powder is a must-have for any serious runner. Featuring three forms of bioavailable magnesium to optimize recovery, improve sleep, and have you backing up after every session. Ramping up your program in the lead-up to the Gold Coast Marathon, Pillars Vitamin C and Zinc is perfect to help fight off sickness while your training load is high during the colder months. The Pillar team has an exclusive offer for Inside Running listeners. Head to their website and use the code INSIDE20 to receive 20% off at checkout when you purchase two products or more. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar's performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. Let's um, thank some Patreon supporters. Moose, you want to kick us off? I can do that. We've got Andy McConnell. He's from Canberra. Oh, so probably a little bit off-centre. Ran 7.17 at the 100 cat. What? Ran 7.17 Seven at the 100 100, yeah, yeah, at a hundred k championships last weekend, Dude, which is a big, big qualifier for the world champs. Big qualifier for the world championships. He's legit, Andy. Yeah, that's why well, I gave him yeah. to you. I know you love the hundred k results. Came third in the race. Uh, also ran a sixteen fifty eight five k. When was that? The same like day? A week, no, like a week or two before. Oh, you know, these yeah, Brad. we came. He came to a couple of those Tuesday night sessions at the track last winter. And uh, I think he's with Run Crew. So and he also finished second at the at last year's Coast to Kosciuszko Ultra. Oh, but it was a, a, a um, like some years the weather impacts it, so they can't actually go to the top of Kosciuszko, so they just stop at Charlotte's Pass. But uh, yeah, he finished second, and that's like a two hundred and forty odd k race. Yeah, he's that's nuts. Man, mm. uh, have a baby doesn't. Brady can't tell boys from girls. Um, he's good at tracking shoes, though. So, Andy, kudos. Kudos on the long stuff. Mm, yeah, good work, Andy. Croaks, who you got? i got Jeremy Hargraves from Viewbank in Victoria. He's got some good swag. Uh, and top off, what's that? Oh, top, he's got his top off in Strava. I have a display picture. That's what DP oh, okay. means. Yeah, I didn't know so what DP stood off. for. You know what DP um, was. 
No. That's way pick. Did you, know, did, you, did you know what DP stood for, Moose? Oh, I've heard it. I've seen it, but it's not what I'm thinking. Top <laughs> off in Strava DP. I'm glad, I'm glad you backed me up there. I'm like, there's no way Moose is going to know what DP stands for. Uh, there it's a way picture. Get with it, fellas. He's got a uh, moustache, likes chocolate milk, and let's get to some of his PBs, hey? So 1717 for 5K, 82 for the half, uh, 256 for the marathon, which he ran in Melbourne in 2019, with a 128.45 first half and an 87.31 second half. So that's that's how you run a marathon. So That's solid on that course, isn't it? Thanks, thanks for your support, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm going to thank Joe. Uh, only signed up with her first name or his first name. Actually, does that? This is a girl, Joe. Yeah, there definitely is because I looked at her display picture, her DP, and it's a photo of a lady with blonde hair and enjoys wearing sunglasses going by the photo as well. So, Joe, that's all I've got on you. Bit hard to find anything else, but doesn't mean we're not thankful, thankful for your support with the lack of information there. So, uh, Joe, Andy, Jeremy, Massive thanks for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. Patreon.com forward slash Inside Running Podcast if you want to help us keep the lights on. If the show brings you any value at all, you can uh, support us financially to make the show continue to come out, bring you good interviews, all those kind of things, put on uh, watch parties, all those kind of things that we do at the Inside Running Podcast. That helps us um, find the time and find the energy to do those kind of things. So massive thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Second bit of runner news, boys, was over at the Payton Jordan over at Stanford on the athletics track there. A few um, a few Aussies in action. Did you guys catch any of the footage? Flow track at it? Uh, no, it was on I a didn't. bad time, wasn't it? It's yeah. always, it's like 3.30 it on, on the time. afternoon. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, oh, yeah, okay. So that's not a, not a good time. time. That's For those sat- of us that's who Saturday? Work. Saturday our time? Yeah, Saturday our yeah, time. I was driving to Sydney. Yeah, I was just sitting around the house watching this. I actually missed most of the races, but I had one in the background. Um, mm. The Steeple Boys went first, I think. Max Matt Clark was sixth in eight twenty eight, and Max Stevens was eighth in eight thirty. And then I reckon Lauren Ryan and Paige Campbell in the five k. Lauren went fifteen thirty, Paige fifteen thirty six. Isaac Hayne, I did watch his race in full. He was ninth. He ran, I'm going to say, an eight second PB to run thirteen thirty. So another kind of, he just keeps chipping away, doesn't he? Like a break 14-minute guy, break 14.50. I think he just, yeah, snuck under 13.40 at that Adelaide 5K, and now he's a 13.30 guy. Just yeah. Still only 20. Getting down there. Yeah, and he's just, and then you just see it when they go over there and do these races in the States. Like, just jumps on the train and just hangs on, just gets sucked along. Um, there were some, Brielle Urbacher, she was in the steeple. She ran 9.32 for third. And Cara Fan Ryan was fifth in the steeple there as well. And then Kai Robinson, I think this was his debut 10K. Tried to look up some results, um, which I'm not sure if that's right because in the NCAA system, they often do do a few 10Ks, but I couldn't find any results for him. Uh, he ran 27.47 to be six in the 10K. So pretty big, you know, a run like that, 27.47, if you did that four or five years ago, it would be pretty special. Well, for a debut, and it probably is. If you can't like find it, yeah, if you can't find that, then that's huge. Mm. So that's big from both Isaac and Kai, both two 20-year-olds kind of doing things differently. Uh, the, the future's there, definitely. Interesting to see which event Kai sort of focuses on because, like, we first spoke about him as a steepler. He um, ran some pretty decent times, and then 
He's obviously runs a good 5K and now he's stepping up to the 10. So it'll be interesting to see where he focuses to try and make a, a national team. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because he's still, like, it's, that's not going to do it, is it? Like, he's still 10 seconds off in the, the five. Times. 20, or, 20, or, 20 or so off in the 10. Yeah, but I guess he's 20, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's got like, plenty of time. Don't thing. have to make this, year, this, year's yeah. elite, this year's World it, Champs of Com Games. He's a name we'll be talking about for a few years, I reckon. Yeah. All right, Krogs, listen to question. Uh, yeah, it comes in from Mick Fallon. Uh, do we still need to run on grass, dirt, slash soft stuff as shoe technology improves seems sensible 15 years ago when we ran in bricks now the foams are so good it's a good question that's a good question well i'm not the shoe shoe guru but i know that um you know like if i'm wearing the the new balance 1080 and i go for 30k on bike paths I pull up from that feeling pretty good the next day, whereas yet yeah, ten years ago, um, I I would have definitely noticed uh, noticed it the next day. So it's it's a good point. Like may, maybe we don't have to do quite as much on the on the grass and dirt, but I, I still enjoy it. Um, mainly from the mental health points of view, when you're out in the bush, I find that way more therapeutic and enjoyable than running sort of through sub- suburbia. But Bradley, when you compare it to bush, can you feel a difference? Like I know you're saying you don't feel that bad, but do you feel like worse off? In uh, trails, dirt, soft. What do I feel worse? Oh, not no, not not so much. Okay, you're like maybe, breaks maybe yeah, maybe if I was so as a one-off run, no. Like if I was if I was to do a whole week on the concrete, um, then maybe I would. But as a one-off, I could go for thirty k around the lake and feel just as good the next if anything i probably feel better because it's flatter and so i'm not as banged up from the hills yeah Mm. yeah well i i mean i got a couple of ideas on this um straight up i do i think we avoid concrete still as much as possible and being on the grass or the dirt often involves more variability in foot strike and and i think that's always a good thing when you run on a footpath or the road every foot strike is the same your gait cycle doesn't really change so there's a lot more repetitive stress on certain tissue but if we get on the into the bush all of a sudden we're up and down hills we're on cambered surfaces we got tree roots uh with little like like there's rocks whatever and so we're starting to vary our foot strike so um immediately like i prefer all my athletes to get into the bush if they can for those particular runs. I mean, maybe, yeah, recover, recovery days. I still want them on soft stuff, but but flat. And if they have to, then, yeah, get on the, get on the road, um, last resort. Uh, the other thing, I think, is that when you land on the, on the dirt, there's a degree of slide underfoot, and so the impact isn't as harsh as when you're on the concrete, and there's no real, um, uh, I guess, like momentum that you, your foot doesn't slide forward slightly. And again, this isn't very scientific, but when <laughs> the the outsole of a road running shoe, when it grips, when it hits pavement, it's 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 a much more harsh experience that I feel. I don't feel like you know when you run down a hill, Brad. You'll know, Brady. Mm. You you don't know what hills are. Um, so you run down, but your foot slides, and so you, you fit, there's way less impact coming back up. It's way less of a braking force. Yeah. But if you're on a road, it's a lot harsher. Um, yeah, you feel it through your knees a lot more, like on the road, I find, yeah. going down a hill. Yeah. The, the third thing is 
if you just like these foams are so good, yes, but and there's lots of it, yes, but it's changing where we take load most of the time. And so if you you might put these foams on, you might feel better running on the road, but it it's like we're seeing a lot. Uh, I guess not more injuries, but we're seeing a lot more injuries higher up the chain. And I think the foams can disguise the the impact a little bit. You might not be getting as much sort of like sore calves or those like areas where if you're running on concrete a lot, you would normally feel it. But that doesn't mean that the load's any different. You're still feeling it up the chain. And um, we're seeing like, I mean, anecdotally, you, you guys would have seen a lot more like higher... Um, like proximal stress-related issues, you know, like sacral stresses, femoral stuff. Um, and I think that's a result of the shoes that we wear now. Mm. Good answer, Moose. Does that seem to be more in elite than recreational runners, though, Moose, from what you've seen? I, uh, Look, I don't know many seen. rec runners who are getting sacrum stresses, but I know a lot of elite or sub-elite runners who have. Yeah, but maybe I they think spend that, more time in the like super super shoes, not just like the, you know, say the the New Balance ten eighty version, twelve yeah. foam. Do you know what I mean? I th- I think we're seeing. I don't see as many. Say a recreational runner comes in to our store, they typically buy one shoe, and that shoe they 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 t- tend to play it safer, so they'll go for something more conservative, hmm. and so they're not going into the crazy foams yep. or the the big high stack shoes. Yeah, so I think that's probably a reflection maybe that they're just like, although at the time like <laughs> the shoe decision might be the safe way, the boring way, it's it might even be better for them in the long run. Keeping them on the park. Yeah, that's, it. that's a good point though because maybe, I mean, there's probably other issues that play into that elite stuff like are there nutrition diet yeah, related issues like energy, def- yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff which is big with, with bone stress um, and pushing the limits like you yeah. got like, yeah you're riding the line a bit more possibly Mm, thanks mick for that question good one uh next part of the show boys is the shoe review so thanks to new balance this week we're reviewing the 860 version 12 we did the 1080 version 12 about two or three weeks ago this time it's the 860 version 12 moose before um before we start new balance tend to use numbers a lot in their shoes um, mm. Obviously, the V12 is a version 12 part of things, and every year, I, I, is it yearly or is it bi yearly? Um, they release new, a new, new version. balance. They've been on the yearly cycle, but you might notice like every, different brands are on different cycles. And I think going forward, that you'll see those cycles uh, become a little less regular. So instead of seeing 12 months, we might see 18 months, two years. And is 12 months pretty standard? Or does yeah, that, okay. it has been. Yeah, it has been. So then what's with the other numbers? So the 1080 and the, is there an 880 as well? And now this is the 860 we're talking about tonight. Where does that number come from? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't exactly know where they come up with the number, but if you look back, you'll find that you can you can see like the five, you know, the New Balance barbecue shoes, like the 524 or something. Um, if you remember one of the best New Balance shoes of all time, it's called the 890. It was the Andy Badley and there was a Jenny Barringer at the time, special edition shoes. They were fantastic, those models. But they were the 890. And so they sat between the 880 and the 860. Oh, they're just above the 880. And the 1080 is their most cushioned shoe. It seems like there is no consistency to it, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
I don't know how they get their numbers, but it makes it pretty damn confusing, especially with training new staff. Yeah, I'm trying, you're trying to sell them. Throwing that. This is the 880, 860, 1080, 870, 890. Like, this is a 2E width, this is a D width, this is a B width. Mm-hmm. It's real hard. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. No answer. I'm sure there's an answer. Fuck. I, I bet you 10 people right in saying this is the answer, but I don't know it. So, where does this sit then, the 860? Before we talk about our experiences oh, yeah. in it, like, where does, who does this shoe design for? Yeah, where does it sit on your shelf next to like comparisons? This thing's been out for years, like the 860s was out. Well, I mean, you could say a 12 years. It's been out since I was started working in shoes and it's always been very consistent. Um, it's a medial support shoe. So on the inside, just under the medial arch area is a high density foam. You can see when you look at it, there's like a wedge cutout. You can kind of... You, you'll see, do you have it with you at the moment? Yeah, I've, got it in, I've got it in front of me. Yeah. So you see the little, what colour is yours? Mine's green. Green? Oh, you got a green one. I've got the black and white ones. How come you got green ones? I've got oh. the all black. And they, they look good, actually. They look real good. Jeez, but, I've got the worst cosmetic one out of all three of us. I'm the best. Nah, black guy. white's pretty good. Yeah, black I can see that wedge moves. It's like, like a herring. It's like a, got a herring bone sort of. Yeah, so press it. To press it. into yeah. it. Yeah. Feel how dense it is. Then yeah, feel yeah. the foam around it. Yeah. Feel the contrast. It's a lot softer, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically like this is an old school medial support shoe. So basically like they plug in a bit of or they um, insert a wedge of high-density foam because it's designed for a foot that pronates and sort of pronate refers to like eversion of the ankle joint at the, um, and what that means is there's more medial compression of the foam. So the inside of the shoe cops more load with someone that pronates more. And the idea is that this is firmer, higher density, so it doesn't compress. So for instance, the 880, their neutral shoe has the same density the whole way around. And if with the pronates, there's no sort of resistance to that um, area of the shoe. And so they'll just continue to pronate. And whether that's a good or a bad thing, that's not the question here. This shoe here is designed to limit how much it pronates and also it slows down the rate of pronation as well. So that's that's where this shoe sits. Similar shoes from other brands, um, Brooks Adrenaline, uh, Asics, kind of GT2000, Kayano kind of area. Um, yeah, that's where we're playing, Mizuno Inspire. Croach, you've been testing it out. Tell us about your experiences with it. Yeah, yeah. so as Moose said, like, it's a lot firmer. So when I, So it's funny now when you put shoes on, there's so many shoes out there with that soft, foam that you almost forget how shoes like felt back like 10 years ago and so when i first put this one on that's how it felt it's a lot firmer um i use this one a lot like i've mentioned it before like every now and then my tib post starts to just play up a little bit so when that does um i try and find the shoes that are a bit firmer or have the medial post but also that straighter last Mm. um it sort of just seems to take a little bit of the load off that tib post which means I can actually still get through my normal training load while managing the tip post with like ice and some anti-inflams and like a day or two in these instead of like my softer 1080s and my tip post 100% again. So it's a perfect, that's what, that's perfect, what I use, use. It for. perfect use of this shoe. This like we often talk about, well, in the nerd, in the shoe nerd area, we talk about how medial support's been bastardized a little bit in the, um, in the industry and, and it, it, it refers, it, it all relates to sort of studies they've done where they've taken general populations of people and 
and thrown support shoes or neutral shoes and they haven't really found a difference in the rate of injury and but but that doesn't account for specific injuries and trying to unload those injuries so if you have a like yourself brad if you want to try to unload the tip post which is the tendon that runs down the medial side of the ankle that takes more load when a foot pronates this is the kind of shoe you use to do it and and just as you're doing this doesn't have to be the shoe you use forever this could be a shoe that you use in times of flare-up or if your load's increasing and you want to um, switch up the shoe that you're using just to sort of unload the area a little bit. 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. That, I, think, I think that's the value as well. Like not everyone can afford multiple pairs of shoes, but there's definitely some benefit in having shoes for different purposes. And like, because back in the day, it used to be, you have shoes for different purposes, but one's just for jogging, one's for sessions, one's for racing. But also in terms of if you're, uh, susceptible to certain issues, it's worth having like multiple shoes to deal with when those issues arise. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same sort of concept as if you tape your foot up or or something yeah. like that. It's it, it is good. And this type of shoe, like we should get into the the actual details of the shoe. There's a top layer of um, fresh foam X, which is like that. Uh, I guess you've got the you have the um, what are, you've got the 1080, don't you at home? Yeah, I don't think it's fresh foam X, but it might be fresh foam. But yeah, it's got this sort of, it's got like a top layer which softens, um, and underneath that is a strong EVA foam that's a lot denser than other shoes in the industry at the moment. So we find at the moment that this trend of softer cushion provides, it's it's not very stable, and so if you have someone who's quite a strong rear foot striker who lands in in the shoe, let, let's say the the 880 for instance they're using a lot softer foam in the heel then they might just compress it really quickly they might not be a stable base to land on they might um fit, uh, i guess the the worry for being quite unstable is that you hit the deck and you have to basically call on your own tissue to stabilize yourself more and you can start to to get tendon related issues because of that but this this foam handles more force and, and what that means is if you're a bigger runner, you're putting more force through your shoe. You might find these new school foams don't last long. They feel unstable. They feel sloppy. This is the sort of shoe that you can put on and know it's got integrity and put a lot of load through it without any real consequence. Uh, so, I mean, I love this shoe at work. I've, I feel like I've overdosed on soft shoes at the moment and everything feels yuck and sloppy to me. So I put these on. And I'm I'm using it everywhere. I'm walking, I'm walking the baby in it. I'm wearing it at work. I wear it even like just around town, just because it's, it's just reliable. So Moose, where does it sit then? Because it seems like it's going to be more durable than those soft shoes, or soft foam shoes. But does that mean it's going to be more expensive or less expensive because it doesn't have that soft foam in it? Well, because they've put that little slither of good foam in it, it, it adds to the price a little bit. Soft foam. Soft They're all foam, good foams, yeah. aren't they? Which, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I get lost I, a bit in this chat. I say good because, like, New Balance will call it more premium. Okay. So because, That's their but, uh, It's their too. I don't I, – I mean, it's just different. But so, the, the like, they put that, that different foam in, that, that'll increase the cost. So it's $230. I mean, if you compare it to some of the models, like the Brooks Adrenaline's 240 the Mizuno Inspire's 240 20 i think so it's around about still uh it's it i mean this is we do a lot of this shoe in the store because we see the value in it um 
the the downside to it is that it feels it's not that inspiring to run in like it doesn't have a strong rocker it doesn't like the foam doesn't give you a lot back it's not bouncy it's not light um it, 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 a lot of people nowadays come in expecting every shoe to feel like a race shoe and 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 this doesn't this shoe this shoe feels like a shoe from five ten years ago um which is like which is safe for a lot of people real but blue yeah. collar kind of training shoe yeah i mean you're going to get a lot of k's out of this thing you're not going to find troughs in it i mean another danger point for this shoe is someone who doesn't require the medial support because they might find like they're overcooked a little bit and they don't pronate enough or it sort of changes their gait to an unnatural position so this is a shoe to come in and have a chat about every time we do one of these croaks i learn more and more just answer me this moose when i put this on for the first time these are my notes felt like my heel was higher than usual is that something on like do you guys call that offset or something What's higher that than higher than yeah i just felt like i had usual. more heel under me i think what you're feeling is the firmness of foam okay. so the wedge the wedge at the That's back what I, felt. Not... I felt like i had a heel wedge in yeah well it's a traditional heel wedge. i guess compared to that like the 1080 that you might have mm-hmm. worn yeah this is this is about two or four mil higher but it, it doesn't have that real rear foot rocker like the 1080. Like, you know how the 1080 kind of kicks at the back a little and you put weight through the heel and you fall backwards off the back of the rocker? This it's doesn't have that. Up. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is stable. This is for, like, we use it a lot for, for older people too who, who don't have a lot of balance. Um, it's good. Very good. All right, that's the uh, New Balance 860 version 12. Thanks to New Balance for sending us a pair to review on this week's episode. Uh, the next segment, Moose, is Train and Talk. You're going to lead this segment this week because you're the wise man when it comes to all things training. But before I start, this week's Training Talk segment is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the runner in mind to last more than a season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. Some good some good kit there too, boys. I'm not sure if we'll have to review that yeah. anytime soon, but uh, this is not in the script that I had to read. Some very, very nice kit. Yeah. There is nice kit. Look good in the my, gym at the moment. Yeah, looking good when I drop Hudson to daycare as well. A few mums at daycare really loving the Lululemon kit I'm getting around in. But anyway, let's talk about training. What do you got, Moose? What's training talk this week? This week, we're going to go pretty dull with it. We're going to talk about drills and strides post-run. So how much, for, how many times a week, Brad, do you do drills and strides after your run? <laughs> um, drills like almost never like maybe a few sort of like butt kicks uh and a bit of like skipping type stuff uh strides once a week like like once a week outside of session days i do them like before every session but outside of that once a week once a week yep so three times a week though three times a week yeah 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 and and you brady um i'd try to always do them on a monday night but I get lazy with them and often ditch them. Um, so I probably hit them 50% of the year, 50%. I just don't do them. When I've got a fast, short race coming up, so if I've got a 5K or a 1500 coming up, I'm much better at like consistently hitting them there. But I same as croaks, I do them for my warm-up. But it really depends on how much time you got. But what I do find, and this is going back to that listener question that we had a couple of weeks ago about the YouTubers, they always have time and do and document this really well drills and strides like some of their warm-up yeah. routines must take them like 30 45 minutes 
So, well, I mean, I what I would... I'm a busy man, Moose. What I'm proposing, though, Brady, yep. is, well, two things. A, get up 10 minutes earlier. B, and I know you won't like that, B, cut 10 minutes of your runoff mm. and you'll benefit so much more from doing this yeah, on a regular basis than you will than doing extra 10 minutes jogging. That's what and I was doing you... before store. I'd do 20 minutes instead of 30 minutes in the afternoon and spend the last 10 minutes of that 30 minutes like banging strides and drills. Why are you, on, why are you only doing it before store? And that's why I'm a two-time Herb Hederman winner, I suppose. Good point. No, 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 that's not why. That was your handicap. But yeah, why? Good point, Moose. Good point. That's why, why two um... stall sashes hanging around your neck as I record this week. Yeah, talk, talking about short courses, Brady's the king of running yeah. a short course. Mine was officially short, though, okay? <laughs> I knew what mark I was running off. Not doing 9.7K uh... like all you clowns up there in Sydney. Anyway. Anyway, no, it was legit. Don't write in about that. It was 10K. We always get to the marathon block and we get halfway through and we think, oh, geez, I'm sluggish. Oh, I can't hit those short reps. And it's because, you, like you, Brady, you deprioritize the strides and drills and mobility exercises that you could do regularly to help avoid those sluggish feelings. Because, yes, you get out and recover every day from your long run or your hard workouts, and you'll recover at, say, five-minute K pace. And so you're doing an hour and a half at five-minute K pace. Then the, your workouts, you're running a lot of marathon pace stuff. And, and so what that might, well, I don't even know what that is for a 220 guy. It's about 320 uh, per K pace. 320. Yeah. So 320, So you're doing a lot at 320. Um, and so then we get you to go and run 400s in 255 pace and you go, oh, this is so hard. I can't get my legs going or whatever. It, it's not because you're doing a lot of slow stuff. It's because you've neglected the fast stuff that you can keep going. You don't get slow by run like you don't lose the speed aspect by running slowly a lot of the time you you lose it by not doing the drills the strides the mobility stuff that you used to do when you were doing the short work yeah. uh, and and so like i'm encouraging people there are so much so many youtube videos out there but cut like if you're not doing it before sessions, I think it's great that you do it before sessions, but don't do it half-assed. I, I wouldn't. There's no value in going there and doing like some bullshit little skips and a couple of like half-assed heel kicks and then two strides done at slower than your actual workout <laughs> pace, right? And I see that all the time. I'm like, you've wasted 10 minutes right there. Like that is a 10-minute waste of time. You could have either been doing a doing your workout and be going home earlier or you can actually put like effort into it and give it the justice like give it its 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 due diligence because you'll see an amazing benefit from it so get yourself a routine like there's there's an, like get yourself a list of drills or strides watch the youtubes if you've got a coach ask them about it practice the drills and strides do it two times during the week after easy days or maybe one time, and then if you're doing two workouts, do it before the workouts and do the same routine of drills or active stretching, plyometric stuff, strides that you do before you would do a race. Because Brad, like you get anxious before your races. Um, this not so much drills and strides, but having routine tends to help with anxiety like that. And if you can practice a routine that you do every single time that you race, you, you should like get rid of nervousness and it should help with those anxious feelings um, because you've practiced it so much. 
it's like part of the thing. Like you get there, you start your first drill or stride, or you f- start your warm up, and all of a sudden you switch from from kind of uh, I guess social prep, social mode, jovial, fun, and you go, okay, it's time. Like this is what I do when I go to work. And I think if you practice enough, get the routine down, then on race day you do the same thing. You get yourself into the into the best frame of mind for it. You've inspired me, Moose. Yeah, yeah. inspired I, um, me not to be. Sometimes I cut them, but I've, you just yeah. got to hit them every Monday night because I know how good they are for you, and it's I've got so much evidence that they've helped me pre-races and stuff before. And the point you made, the best point you made was doing strides make race pace feel easier. Yeah. That's what, yeah, you can jump into a 5 or a 10K or even a 3K and you're like, this pace is okay because I've been doing strides pretty quick. Yep. And, what, like, you get, yeah. you can use it to a degree for some strength stuff. This is the type of activation shit I want to talk about, Brad. This is it right here. This is that neuromuscular conditioning going snap, 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 snap. And then you get to the workout, and all of a sudden your stride feels good. But I, but you, I sort of but I sort of get though that now in a way you're sort of agreeing with me. Like hills to a point have done the same sort of thing from for the for me for the rest of the week in terms of just making you a little bit more efficient. Like this, you, this, look, this is this is if, another way of this is another way of doing it. Yeah. If you go back and re-listen, I never I laughed <laughs> that you called it activation. <laughs> And I never really had a crack until you fired up. Because I agree, I'm all about this stuff. Yeah. I reckon it works. Um, and do you, do you find, Moose, though, with this stuff that, like, I find if I'm if I've run for any longer than an hour, I feel complete garbage trying to then do drills and strides because I think once you start running for a certain period of time, you do start to just tighten up. So I always try and do this on my shortest run of the week, which, you know, would be like my 40-minute run. I feel much better after doing it uh, at, the, at the end of a shorter run. You, you feel better doing it, correct? But I think I've done this after a few long runs, and that is a weird feeling because my hips are really tight. I'm, like, tired, fatigued. I'm kind of sore in some spots, but but what that's teaching my brain and 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 I guess those those pathways is that when I'm fatigued, it's teaching the fast twitch fibers to get going, yeah. and so it actually does pay off doing that. And I know it's not very comfortable, and the last thing you want to do when you finish a long run is go and do that shit. And I, like to be honest, I haven't done it in a while. I did it for a few weeks. And it wasn't very pleasant, but I felt good. So I got back, had really tight hip flexors, finished the long run. And then you walk around, you do a few of these sort of active, like you do a few drills, some A skips, some B skips, some butt kicks, a little bit of karaoke type get up, and then a few strides. And all of a sudden, your hip, your hip tightness is gone. Mm-hmm. And, and you're feeling good again. You get in the car and you're off and you're going, oh, gee, that was all right. You should probably mention though, like any training program, like ease into this sort of stuff. Like don't that. don't go out there and start doing like bounding and plyometrics. And mm-hmm. even when you even when you first like if you do a few drills and then you start doing strides, like your first one or two strides traditionally feels pretty yeah, ordinary. So don't yeah, yep. so don't actually expect to like sprint from the gun and feel awesome. So just like just work your way into each rep. Like even the first 20 meters is just acceleration then you know obviously each rep you do you can probably go a little bit harder Mm, Um, and then by the time you get to like four or five you then feel feel amazing but yeah just ease into it yeah 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 that's and and do it properly watch dathan ritzenheim has good videos you talked about it with ollie hoare the other day it's a great video isn't it yeah great video on the stride show notes and the drills the drills actually yeah dave mcneil did some with uh, was it dave 
Oh, gee, maybe Andy not. Andy Buchanan did some for Run to PB at the Bendigo track there, if you want to watch that video on YouTube. The two twelve men. Andy Buchanan. Who? Remember he was on the show last week? <laughs> <laughs> he put yeah, some on there. So that was a good chat. I like that, Moose. That's good. I'm going to be much more diligent in getting that done from now on. I'm going to be watching your Strava and see what you're doing. Yeah, and, and make sure you time your strides. I know we had a chat about that not so long ago, but this is why you time your strides because you do them every Monday night for six weeks. I guarantee you, you're just doing them quicker and you're feeling smoother every week. So like, yeah. I just go light post to light post. And sometimes when I feel, if I haven't done them for a month, I'm like, oh, I'm hitting, you know, 14 seconds. And then I can do the same things a month later and hit 13 seconds quite comfortably. Do you they're know? The one, they're the 1%ers, but you're probably getting more than 1% benefit by doing you them. You get much more than 10 minutes on your second run. Yeah. A little, little cheap thing again is start and finish somewhere perhaps where you're going to do them, where you know you're going to do them. I like, I finish at my house. Breakfast is right inside. I'm going in. Whereas if I start and finish, like if I drive five minutes away, start at like a, an oval, mm. afterwards, take your, take your shoes and socks off it feels better to do them barefoot as well. And Ooh. and I think there's benefit in doing these things barefoot. I reckon, like, I'm not a barefoot runner or anything, but I do believe in that it can help us in, in several ways. And I used to love finishing, like, starting and finishing at a track and going on the infield and doing the drills and strides um, without shoes on. That's silly advice because you're going to get people who haven't run barefoot for 10 years. They're going to listen to this show, go to an oval and just start punching 100-metre reps in, in bare feet. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying you know, that's who you sound like, Nick Earl. With that <laughs> no, he's, mate, he does that's his whole workout like. bare feet. Thoughts yeah. on thoughts thoughts on doing it halfway through a run. So doing 30 minutes, doing some of this, then doing another 30 minutes. You'll feel pretty good for the second 30 minutes, I reckon. Yeah. You'll be covering the ground well. Because I've, I've often thought about doing that, but then I don't know the. It's a bit half assed Part of me, part of me prefers to. I feel like I'm going to get more benefit from a consistent hour run. Then stopping after 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, heart rate stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. If, so, if that's how you've got to get them in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't done that way, but I thought, oh, maybe you could, but I'd prefer just to get the full hour running. So that's why I choose to do it on one of my just real short runs. Sometimes if I'm really battling for motivation, like when I'm 2K from home, I'll just start throwing them in. But like, I don't do them nowhere near as good quality. Is if I'm like stop, stretch, do some drills, go up and down a road out the front of home. And the older you get, like I find now, like I used to do this stuff a lot when I was younger and it used to come quite easy. And because I haven't done it for so long now and I'm a bit older, it does take a little bit more time to actually feel good when you do it. So don't be disheartened if you go out and you're doing some of these drills and you feel really unco and really locked up. Like it's, it's common. Um, each week you do them, you will actually feel a little bit more coordinated, um, which is a sign that those messages are getting from your brain to the to the muscles um, that need to be activated. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Some good value there, fellas. Good work. Thanks so again. So you said that word again? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like thinking, what other word can I use? I'm like, oh, stuff it. I'll just use activated. <laughs> Thanks again to this week's training talk partner, Lululemon. Their new running range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like key-sized zipper pockets and mesh panelling to keep you running whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au to find out more. Moose on the loose, Moose. Bring us in. Finish it off. You got one? Oh, gee. Uh, nah. Oh, oh, I've been seeing – this isn't a moose on the loose. It's just an interesting one to me. A lot of people run jogging in their super shoes at the moment. Like, 
vape flies, alphas, and and no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Just going on jogs. Oh, this is their one shoe, and um. Oh yeah, Neil was talking about this on Shoe Geeks. Great, great for a shoe shop owner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't know. Like it can be done. I start questioning. I'm going, gee, wouldn't it feel good? Feel good to run in your um super shoes every day that would be amazing like you would just be get excited for every single run but at the same time i'm thinking they must wear out very quickly and they're very unstable as well like don't you just want to sometimes relax like and not have to be in the perfect position all the time which a lot of those super shoes do you reckon they don't feel quite as good though when you're just jogging yeah they don't yeah, they, they don't. don't yeah i i i I think there's an over like there's an obsession with softness and bouncy right now. I just want some old school firmness back in my life, and uh, yeah, we're seeing ranges at the moment. It's starting to see a little bit of that come back. Um, everything's getting yeah. This oh, there's a shoe. Oh wait, who's New Balance looking after this episode? The uh, the New Balance Super Comp trainer. Oh, boys, have a look at the the running company Geelong Instagram. You should. This oh, is that the photo you put up today, and then Ali put it up as well. Yeah, yeah. So she got a pair What's last it year. New Balance Fuel Cell Super Comp Trainer. This thing, this thing doesn't have a place in the. I've had, I've seen people say I I want it for long runs. Then some people are doing workouts in it. Some people are jogging in it. Others are using it as like a hocker style treatment shoe for their foot issues. This is something that's outside the box of what we consider, like outside our normal, like shoe world. This is uh, it's fifty millimeters high. It's fifty mil high, so it's the highest shoe we've ever seen. It's got a super stiff carbon plate. It's got so much super foam. It's a it's 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 an incredible feeling shoe. You know the glide rides you have, Brady. Yeah, the Asics glide ride. I think you might you might have them too. Yeah, we got them for the show. Yeah, actually. we did, did we? Yeah, yep. well, this is this has a similar rocket feel to that, oh, but imagine it yeah. with with the foam around it. Imagine it with with the bouncy foam. Because that glide ride's still pretty firm, but the rock it is, is firm. The, the it rock is, is firm. the MVP in that shoe. But you're saying these two are together. Well, um, yeah. So it might not be. It's not going to work for everybody, but <laughs> it's like there's two shoes I put on the last kind of year and a half where that have blown me away. This one. And another shoe that I saw that's coming out early next year, which which I can't talk about yet. But th- those are the two shoes. One of them's a super shoe next year, early, and then this this one. I'm, it's not a super shoe, but it fits. It can be if it wants to be, Is but it can it can be in I, everything. I love moves. I need some firmness back in my life. But hang on a yeah. second. This is the best shoe. Yeah. <laughs> it's got 50 I mean, I'm not fun. running. I'm not running in it, but uh, I'm excited by it, but it's not for me right now. <laughs> hey, can I ask you, is this new super shoe that's like beginning of next year, which is still ages away, is that the new like Vaporfly Alpha Fly? Um, like, uh, well, in my, in my mind, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. But in the industry, I've put, I've put pretty much every super shoe on from every brand. And and this is the best one that I've ever put on, oh, because be and cool. it's, you know they have another super shoe, this brand, yeah. and I put the other super shoe on next to it, like literally side by side, and the difference was like astounding how different the current one feels to the the new one. Um, yeah, gee, 
It's going to be fun. Watch this space. Watch it's this space. It's not till February. I mean, we're a long way off. We've just gone into May. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way away, but oh, man. I mean, I'm going to think about it for the next however many months, 10 months or something. All right. Yeah. Something you can also think about is the uh, Gold Coast Marathon Festival live show. We booked the venue croaks. Our partners have been locked in. A massive thanks to our Pillar Performance for coming on board as Naming Rights sponsor partner for this event that's coming up on the Gold Coast first weekend in July. Um, Tickets are going to go on sale on Friday the 13th of May, which is not this Friday, next Friday, to Patreon supporters. So if you support us on Patreon, we think that's a good way to reward people who support us on Patreon to give them the first opportunity to grab a ticket. And then they'll be made available the Monday after that, Monday the 16th. Um, They'll be available to the public then. Patreon uh, also receive a $5 discount on tickets as well. So, um, and I don't know, I'm not saying this to try to get people to sign up to Patreon, but I know our Patreon numbers. I know how many tickets there are at this event. There could be a chance that they don't get released to the public boys if we sell this out like the numbers we've had in the past couple of years. We Thoughts sold out growth? last year. Yeah. yeah, we sold out last year before we had to cancel. And um, But that was with yeah. public access, though. I'm saying they could go before we open them to the public. Yeah, they could. Do you yeah. want to know where the venue is? Should oh, we... yeah, you've been in charge of that. Yeah, so that's all booked now. So it's going to be held at the RSL Club Southport uh, on Scarborough Street. So pretty much like across the road from where the race ends. Where the yeah. race ends? Oh, yeah, I'm just yeah, looking at that's... photos now. So close to uh, Australia Fair there, that, that sort of shopping complex, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know where we're at. So it'll be easy easy access, the, the, the tram. light rail. Yeah, yeah light that rail. tram thing yep. goes up and down. Yeah. Be able to have a couple of beers and get on the tram home. Yep. That'd be good. Moose, you booked your tickets? Booked your plane uh, f- flights? I booked the plane ticket. Oh, have I? Yeah, I think. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. Family holiday, Moose, staying up for a week? Nah, just a few, I can't leave the store for that long, mate. Can't, not at the moment. We, we, we're busy right now. Up we're busy. Do the show. I'm coming up Thursday night, maybe. I think the... No, I have to talk to Bree. She was in charge of this. You reckon you're pacing the marathon again, Croaks, potentially? What about me well, and you go around the half? Nothing's uh, nothing's locked locked in at this stage, but... Um, have you emailed yeah, him yet? Get, no, I haven't. I might have to get in touch with Ryan to see whether he needs a pacer. That's um, why he's done this 10K, Moose, just to prove a bit of fitness. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know why you wouldn't go and race there. Yeah. Like, jeez, yeah. you could do win not the 10k croaks. It's not one in much quicker than 30 minutes up there. I, uh, I don't know. I, I've been really enjoyed pacing every year I've done it. It's like such you a enjoy good, the dollars. It's in such your a good, such a good vibe. Um, I don't know. Like maybe I would pace and then finish it off just to actually Ooh. post a time because I haven't, I haven't got a marathon time since 2018. And if I, if what you're talking about, Brady, was potentially going yeah, to Valencia. Big Christian can get us in Valencia. I would at least want something on the board, like, you know, maybe it's just mid-220s, but um, it's better than saying, hey, can you sort of help me out? I haven't run a marathon since 2018. I don't know if we're going to get help now, Croak, so I'm just hoping no, we'll, get it. just a bib would be nice. Well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So just anyway, a, we'll just see. An entry. Um, but I'll be, on the, I'll be on the Gold Coast anyway. Something else to look out for this weekend. Sound Running have a track meet. That's what's called Sound Running Track Meet on 
Um, I haven't done the time conversion. It's on this weekend at some stage. Not what, not sure what time it is Australian time. Brett Robinson in the 10K. Caitlin Adams, Paige Campbell in the 5K. Rose Davies, Izzy Bat Doyle in the 10K. Sam McIntyre, Isaac Hayne, Jack Bruce in the 5K. Now, they put Isaac and Jack in the B5K, but after Isaac's 13.30, that might get him eh, maybe shifted up into the A race. Not sure. Abby Coldwell in the 1500 Four dollars to watch it on pay per view. I assume that's four dollars US. Um, yeah, well, we'll find some details and put those in the show notes as well. If that's something you'd be interested in watching over the weekend, some of our biggest names going uh, going at it on the track, trying to trying to hit qualifiers, I suppose, boys. Yeah, well, they've had doing? a good. Um, it sounds like they've had a pretty good block up in Flagstaff flag training, yeah. so they'll come down and yeah, try and get those qualifiers. Put it on the board. All right, we're done. What's coming up, Moose? Oh, this week. Uh, are you going to go to Jones Park? Are you going to go watch the team? I think I'm working. Uh, don't think I can do that. Um, I would like to. I was going to hold it, hold a clipboard. Yep. Go I got a sort of actually saw a great pick today. Got sent through on the messenger of uh, of um, the XCR 11. Remember that t-shirt? Division that the one. White one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was still yeah. running that one. Is that How about I roll some names off? Let me roll some names off for all the old timers out there. How much too long a strat, struggle and Brad that they need to read names from, from eleven years ago? Ron Walker. Yep, Ron Walker's in there. Jason, Jason Antonelli, David Carver, Olympian. Oh, yeah. Ryan Christian, Brett Coleman, Craig Mottram, Scott Nicholas, Rowan Perrett. Sure, you blokes know Rowan Perrett. God, he was a legend of the sport. Adrian Polidano, Darren Riviere, Brenton Rowe. We know him. Mm-hmm. Grant Simpson, Harry Smithers, still kicking around. Julian Spence, Rowan Walker, Nick Whiteman, who I reckon he was second national cross. Don't think he ever won one. Jason Woolhouse, he was good. Ross Kiwi. Young. Kiwi, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Jason Woolhouse? Yeah. Yep. Good miler. Yep, that's everyone. What about Brady Travel? No, I can't see him. Hey, I've got one of those. I don't think, I don't think your mate made it on. Hey, you talk shit about Geelong, we're going to disown you. Uh, it was 2011. What's changed since then? Um, that's disappointing. You won't be there. I was looking forward to seeing you in person. That's okay. You have got to go to work. Croaks, what are you doing? Uh, coming out of fashions on the field retirement. We're off to uh, Wagga for the weekend. Wagga Wagga, I should Wagga, say. Wagga. Yeah, so we're going to head down there on Thursday till Sunday. This bloke's really turned to Page Moose. Hasn't raced, hasn't done fashion for years, and now he's doing two of them in the same in two weeks. Well, I think Viv's. I think Viv's parents went last year. I think. Uh, well, they won one of the categories and it included like a um catered catered day at the next year's meet so oh, yeah so we get like some sort of marquee with a few few beers so um Ooh, yeah we down there down that's there where for, you're going down there for a few days which will be nice i've just got the email for the bats team fellas guess who's in the premier division team got the call up well, there'll be you archie nate how many in a team six six and then Ooh, a couple of those, big names couple of those brothers, the, the Buckle twins. Yep. 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 You'll know about it next week. All right, boys, we're done. Have a good week. Gotcha. See ya. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand. Head to pillarperformance.shop to learn more about their formulas and how they support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve inflammation.
Yeah.